expanding the Nerdosphere, talking about everything you want to hear. From comics to cosplay, from the cinematic universe to fan films, and everything in between. It's time to get down and nerdy. Here are your hosts, James Witham and Nick Pataglia. Welcome to episode 35 of Down and Nerdy, where if we ever think our stuff isn't cool enough, we just put bat in the front of it. Or we, like, do a whole Mr. Freeze thing and just shoot a freeze gun at something and, you know, kind of like that kind of thing. You know so, I mean? you, so you can say, I have a cup on ice. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> damn you, Joel Schumacher. That's right. I'm James with him alongside. Nick Battaglia, the Merc with one arm. And you actually had uh, a pretty eventful weekend, I hear. <laughs> I did. Yay! Nick had an eventful weekend. He didn't just sit home and cry and and, <laughs> and, 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 and think about dying alone. Yay! No, I actually, Thursday, went to go see the Book of Mormon. It was my first Broadway show. God damn, was it funny. Like, I went with two of my friends, and it was really, really hilarious. It was at the Norfolk uh, th- Theater up in Norfolk at Chrysler Hall, and... God, it was it was so great, like like so so funny. Um, I was telling a friend of mine, who I went one of my friends who I went with. I said, you know, I go, it's Saturday. I'm still singing the songs from Book of Mormon, and and it is. It's true from what people say. Like it is literally South Park on stage with music, and it's just it's really really great. And what was great about it was the best part about going to see a, a Broadway show about Book of Mormon, like Book of Mormon, especially with friends. Is gauging the people there and like, okay, who's gonna be offended? Yeah. Like, like you're like you're looking at people. And of course, you see all the old people there. And you're like, oh, okay, this is gonna okay. You, you, and you, and it's true. Like we're like thinking about that. It, that's actually one of the things was my friend uh, Rod who actually saw it. He goes, yeah. He goes, he saw it like he's seen it like four times. He goes, yeah. The first time I saw it, he's like, there are people complaining like, oh, can't we did that. He's like, what did you expect? It says on the poster, right? Exactly. You know, the, on the poster, it says from the creators of South Park. You know, he's like, he's like, what did you expect? But luck, but I looked. There's like some old people in front of us, and we had amazing seats, by the way. They were laughing. I'm like, which oh, is there, good. Oh, there is hope. Oh God, there well, is hope. People don't realize if, if people that aren't familiar with Broadway and stuff that a lot of times at theaters you get a subscription to all the shows. Not it's like seven season tickets for a sporting event. Pretty you get much. you get tickets for all the shows. So included in that would be Book of Mormon. So I mean, if you don't know what's going on going in and you're just going because you've got the subscription series, you're in for a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, and, and the thing is, you know, not to get into religion or anything, but you know, it's about the Mormon religion. But in, at no point does it like mock the religion. It's just people like, hey, this is what these guys think, and here's some music to go alongside it. And they actually showed it to Mormons before, like they actually went to Broadway, and they loved it. They're like, yeah, this is exactly what we believe. Like, well, they they actually did an episode of South Park too, and people remember this where they oh, yeah. they made fun of the Mormon religion, and it was hilarious. So I'm sure that's what how this all came about. Oh yeah, and it was it's great. Like I said, it's won multiple Tony, uh, you know, not awards and stuff like that. And it, no, it was a really really fun time. It was about a couple hours show, and no, it it was really 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 fun. So I mean, you know, it, I, I would want to go see it again. And things like I love the arts. Like I love going to symphonies and seeing orchestras and and everything else. And you know, and going to see plays. So I mean. It, it, it's really great. It was like I said, it was my first Broadway show. I think the last time I actually saw like a, a, a stage show was probably it was a couple of years ago when I was still in college and I went to see the uh, Virginia Symphony mm-hmm. uh, perform. It was really great. Um, 
so I mean, no, it was, it was really a, a fun time that Saturday, you know, uh, went out to Buffalo Wild Wings with a couple of buddies of mine and, you know, watched football and stuff like that. And just, it was, it was a really eventful, nice. eventful weekend pretty much. And then, you know, worked of course, but other than that, no, I actually did something today. I didn't just sit in my apartment, so I'm actually proud of myself. There you go. You got out there and you got a little culture going on. I mean, Book of Mormon, but still culture. It's still theater. It's still theater. But what about you, sir? I see that, you know, you have the, the, the baby and the wife. So what was the adventures of the Witham family this weekend? Well, of course, he had his first Halloween. I don't want to talk about Halloween too much, but he was Yoda for Halloween. That was adorable, by the way. So that's good. That was the first Halloween costume that's etched in the annals of history forever. Uh, so we actually got that costume at the last minute, too. It was going to be Turtle, and then we saw the Yoda costume. It was like, nope, calling an audible. We're going to do we're gonna do Yoda instead. And that was, the, if, wife, the wife found the costume, and she's like, yeah, this is too cute. We're doing this. But if, one of the things that surprised me the most about Halloween was uh, the trick-or-treaters. And I thought it was going to be all frozen all the oh, time. Elsa, all the time, yep. I thought it was going to be like 25 Elsas instead. I'd won. One frozen character came to my door. One. <laughs> Matter of fact, to to go even further than that, I did not see the same character twice. Oh my god! I was stunned beyond belief. Of course, I was I was the Joker, so I was scaring little children uh, as they're approaching the door. So that was that was fun. But uh, oh. no, ha- Halloween was great, and then uh, Saturday we had uh, we did something we haven't done in a while, and 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 I think everybody should do this every now and then is just, we got the whole family together. Uh, some people hadn't met the, the baby yet from the family. So we got together and, and, uh, everybody got to meet the baby and there was like a receiving line for the child. Everybody wanted to hold him. So they, you know, one at a time was like, no, I want the baby. No, I want the baby kind of thing. Oh, exactly. So let's see. So your son was Yoda. So if he could talk, he'd probably be like, Young I am. Shit in my pants I have. Yes. And yes. on his daddy yes. a couple times, but uh, yes. we won't we won't. By the way, I understand it was probably a terrible I have headphones on, but it was probably a terrible Yoda impersonation, so I'm sorry. I'm going to go after the show uh drown myself in shame. You realize we're gonna get Twitter bombed by Star Wars fans everywhere now. Oh, I, I understand. It's, it's gonna be the Death Star all over again. Although it's, gonna, it's not as bad as my explosion. wife's not as bad as my wife's Chewbacca impression. Oh, your wife's going to hear us, and she's going to be like, you son of a bitch. It's not. I mean, I'm going to have to actually bring her on the show to try and do it one time because you will, you will, you might piss your pants. It's, <laughs> it's, it's that. It's it's bad, but it's funny bad. Right. So, yeah, it's it's definitely something that's going to have to happen on the show because it's it's that <laughs> bad, but it's bad to the point where it's pretty hilarious, actually. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, that's pretty cool. Like, your dogs are Batman and Robin, too, so, of course, you got to yep. get them involved. And uh, no, so I mean, Halloween, and by the way, thank you, you know, we, people don't know we, we both work together, but thank you for leaving the Milky Ways in my mailbox at Oh, work. you're welcome. Anybody that listened to our Halloween episode heard Nick go on and on and on about how he loves Milky Ways, so I was like, I got all these Milky Ways, I- I'm going to give them to a person that will really appreciate it. <laughs> yes, yes, so when I go to work tonight, I will indulge in, in the Milky Way and caramel happiness. But, uh, oh, I, I will, I, it'll be a fatty McFatty night. <laughs> Everybody has to have. I've got cheesecake in the fridge, so that's been my that's you know, been my thing. Like, 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 I was at the store yesterday. That's actually something actually I want to talk about too. I was at the store last night, and I was walking around, and I saw you know it's it's that Halloween, Thanksgiving, 
fall season, so we got the pumpkin pies on or anything like that. Oh, yeah. And I love pumpkin pies, so I'm like, I see one, and I'm like, am I that depressed and single enough to where I just need to go home and just eat? My feelings. I have a whole pumpkin pie. Like, 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 can I? Like, can I do it? Although I will say, there's something oddly liberating about just taking like a half of a pie in your hand and just <laughs> smashing it into your face. Because I've done yes. that before. It's yes. strangely liberating for anybody that's never done it. Being a glutton never feels any feels never felt any more like right when when doing that. But I mean, exactly. But I, I just, I'm just like. No, I'm like I'm, I'm starting to work out again. It's like I just had weeks, like almost a month, where I just like didn't work out, and I lost like the like the the body I had was like it's just gone. Like it was, it's not fully gone, but it's like oh god, like I'm not fat. I'm just like but like the I had a nice tone going, and it's all gone. But I'm like oh what? I'm like no, no, don't need it, don't need it. So I uh, no, I <laughs> so I decided to pass on the pie. But I was actually walking around the store, and somebody goes to me and goes hey. I saw. I didn't have to tell you this. Uh, um, this I guess this, he, the person worked at the store, and he's. Like, I meant to tell you this, you know. But when you were here last time, he goes, he goes, he goes. I, I saw you guys at Comic Con a couple weeks yep. ago. I'm like, I'm like, oh shit, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, I didn't know. He's like, you know, the podcast and that. I'm like, yeah. I go, we were doing a live show. I'm like, why didn't you stop by? Like, we were having people come on. He's like, and his face just dropped. Like he looked like. Like, like uh, about depression just hit him. <laughs> he was like, no, I could have been on the show. Yeah, and he was just like, he's like, no, oh, man, really? Like, yeah, we were doing giveaways, we were giving away comics. He's like, oh, man. And I'm like, like oh, like, but, you know, it was, you know, uh, I go, but it doesn't mean it'll be the last live show we do. You know, I'm That's like, right. you know, I, I, you know, I go, but, you know, so he was, he was all excited, but it was like the first time I got, re- like, recognized for the podcast. So let's see, I've gotten recognized. Cody's gotten recognized. Now all that's left is for you to get recognized. And then we got, the, we got that, that triangle trifecta. See, what's weird about me though, is, is that I have this weird incognito thing going on because I wear contact lenses and I wear glasses. So sometimes when I go out and I was putting my contacts in, I've got my glasses on. You're, so I've got like this, this faux celebrity air about me where people wouldn't like, necessarily know it's me. You're like the Clark Kent of podcasts. That's exactly what it is. I put my <laughs> I put my best Clark Kent on, and I wheel the child around in his stroller, and I can and I can maintain an an anonymity in in public somehow. <laughs> that's just that's great. Yeah, you know I wear it's like things like you have the same facial features when you have the glasses on and the glasses off, but you're like you have the same goatee, same hairstyle, whatever. That's right. But it's like just for some reason people don't recognize me. I don't understand why. <laughs> I uh, know you from somewhere. I just don't know where. <laughs> and that, now I'm just picturing James Walker. I'm just like notice me, notice me. Gonna get some down and nerdy shirts printed up just to, to kind of <laughs> like, like 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 just like an air like I'm this guy is pointing up to you and stuff like that. Exactly. I should just start walking into stores and doing monologues like my name is James Witham and I've been on a podcast for seven months. <laughs> just do that instead. <laughs> By the way, I'm not, Steve, I actually posted this on Facebook page. Uh, Stephen Melish was in my hometown of Syracuse over the weekend too, which I'm kind of pissed. He was actually at the Syracuse football game. I was actually kind of pissed. I'm like, why am I not there? The one <laughs> like, time I don't go back to Syracuse. The one time I'm like. 
actually upset about not being home, <laughs> or, or not home, but back in my hometown is when, of course, Stephen Amell is there. I, mean, I love my family, but, like, I'm sorry, but Syracuse is, like, it's a college town. There's nothing to do besides right. hit the, you know, and let's put it this way. If you don't like drinking um, or, or, or maybe getting herpes, uh, you know, Syracuse just isn't your town. It's just not your town at all. If those are the top two things to do, I'm thinking I'll skip Syracuse on uh, any sort of destinations that I might be thinking for vacation stops. <laughs> well, the reason why I say herpes is because I was told now, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but somebody who I know who still lives there told me this, but allegedly one of the high schools, like a bunch of students had like like STDs and like herpes. Like they, like they I guess they donated blood to the Red Cross. Oh, wow. And they like they, the Red Cross had turned out a lot of the blood donated because it just had like some STD like in the blood and they couldn't accept oh, it. Oh, gosh. So does that mean that they had to change the school mascot to like a giant herpy? No. You know, could you imagine like this, this giant herpy dancing just, around just, in just, a big fur, it, felt suit? It's just, it's like, hi, kids, I'm cold in the cold sore. Let's go, herpes. Bees, let's, let's go. go. <laughs> <laughs> that just, I just kind of has a ring well, to it. I don't well, know. Then you can be like, they, well, hey, can you imagine like playing? Okay, like a like a sporting event, right? And they actually had counters, and like their defense is just not showing up. You're like, well, that that herpes defense is just cannot be traced. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, or, gosh. Or, or God, their their offense is just undetectable. Well, that's I got to tell you, it would be better than it would be better than one of the herpes throwing a flare pass. That's for sure. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> outbreak defense. That's right. No, the prevent defense is what you want to run if you're the herpes. <laughs> that's exactly what you want to run. <laughs> Remember, boys and girls, herpes is a serious thing. Don't be a fool. Wrap your tool. That's, That's all I got right. to say. <laughs> Always bag and board your other things as well. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure the bag you put your, your junk is acid proof. Oh, God. Uh, just don't ever get it graded. It won't work out well. <laughs> don't get it graded. That's what the expiration date is. It's like, it's like the big giant grade system. <laughs> oh, God. Oh God! It's amazing how we turn from a nerd podcast into like sex ed and, yeah, and health right. class. That's right. Uh, we're gonna have to have a disclaimer now for sure. Uh, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I, I was home and I was just like, so I told me like, hey, have you? I'm not gonna say the school name, but I'm like, I was home and and, and someone said, yeah, they go there was they were doing this, this blood drive and and like apparently like the the Red Cross had turned away like, all their blood because they had like just multiple STDs like a lot of students. I'm like, I'm like. Yeah, I mean, even when I was in high school, it was, you know, the, the high school I went to was a lot of, like, people are talking about, like, yeah, you know, don't, you know, people, like, you hear, like, also, like, people in, like, in the junior high have, like, chlam- like all this chlamydia outbreak and everything awesome. like that. And you're just like, that's why I'm so glad I'm graduating. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, <laughs> just I'm, avoid I, that all entirely. I, like the, I was, like, the final graduating class of... Of of people who like were like STD free. You're the you're the only herpy free graduating class. <laughs> like you really were. Like I said, that happens. So I mean, but oh my god, like our weekends were like were weeks were really well and everything else. And hey, look at that, you got a, a a health class pretty much out of this whole thing, kids. But coming up next is what we're reading. Stay tuned. More down nerdy coming up next. Well, boys and girls, grab those bags, grab those boards, grab those comics because it's time to go through the pages of ink. And tell you what we're reading this week. And James, I'll go first. So I had a bit of a dilemma. I didn't know what to choose. I had 
Batman Eternal number 30, or his new number one I could talk about by Marvel. And Batman number 30 from Batman Eternal, I was like, I want to do this because it ends so amazing. But I'm like, I don't want to ruin the ending, though. And I'm like, I want to wait to see what happens in 31 because the ending's just so good. So I decided to do the number one. Now, the number one is Carnage number one from Marvel, of course. Right. And, and uh, so, and it's written by Rick Spears, and the coloring is done by Rain Barreto. Ours was German Peralta, or German Peralta. And you know how you said last week when you did Deathstroke, like, it's so brutal. Oh, it's yeah. everything. That's what this is. It has a parental advisory warning on the oh, front cover. Oh, wow, nice. On the front cover, it says parental advisory, not for kids. And, uh, I mean, it is, because, like, there's parts where he's, like, cutting off arms, and he's killing people, and everything else. But this is kind of tied, we'll get to this later in Nerd News, um, because it's part of a bigger thing. Uh, this is tied to the Axis storyline Marvel's doing, in a sense, it's not fully tied to it, but it's it's just, in the beginning, they kind of, like, he gives, like, a background, like, this is what's happening, da 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 Okay. And, uh, he, and, but the thing is, this isn't the Cletus Cassidy we all know and love. This is the clearest. This is, I'll put it this. This is like reading spectacular carnage. Wow. That's because that's he, because he wants to be a good guy now. And oh, he, really? Yeah. He's like, I want to do good. And he's like, you know, that's part of He's like, he's killing people and he's just doing this. So it's kind of like, for example, you know, he's like, I want to, do good and 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 so see what he's he's got this this girl. I won't go too much into the story, but he's got this girl. And she's being you know tagged two guys. And he comes in and saves her, and she goes, you know, you son of a bitch. That was my pimp. You killed him and everything like that. And he goes, oh, so you're you know a, a, a late of the night kind of thing, and you need to be punished. So he does that. So so it's just one of those things, and it's 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 like. Okay, the morals there. He's like, okay, he wants to end all the evil, evil people in the world. Mm-hmm. But that's like, dude, no, you're not the good. Don't do this. Be the good. I want to be the good guy. So thing. basically, so basically, you're reading hypocrite number one. I am. Because <laughs> he's saying, he's like, he's like, I, cause the whole what's infuriating is the entire time he's like, I'm a psychopath. I'm a psychopath. It's like, yeah, you're a fucking psychopath. You kill people, or you've killed people. God damn it. Like, you know, it's like, you know, when you look at something like this and like Magneto number one where the main people are evil, it's like Magneto, he's still an evil son of a bitch. But he, you know, he doesn't be like, I'm going to be the good guy. You know what I'm saying? He still has right. his his M.O. Carnage is like, oh, I'm going to be the good guy now. I want, you know, ever since Red Skull turned the world on its axis, I want to be a good guy. And da, da, da. It's like, go fuck yourself. Well, remember what Cullen Bunn said? He said one of the one of the challenges in writing a villain character in their own series is to try not to make them too likable. And it sounds like the writer in this series went the exact opposite direction. He did, because like I said, I mean, there's part of punching eyes. Like I said, the art is, that's what's sad, is that the art is so fantastic, and it's just wasted on this storyline of Carnage wanting to be a good guy. And like, the bad guy in this is, called, is the Sin Eater. And there's a part where like, the Sin Eater is kind of like, he's in this girl's apartment, Carnage takes, you know, his, uh, his symbiote and like wraps a gun, the, the shotgun that he's going to use to kill this woman, the Sin Eater is, and like points it to the senior's head and pulls the trigger and boom, wow. it goes to the senior's head. Like it's brutal. But like, like I said, it's just sad. Cause I'm like, wow, 
Carnage could be this evil dude and just whatever, but you want to turn him into a hero or like an anti-hero at least. I'm like, that's not who he is. You're deviating mm-hmm. way too far away from who he is. And the, the end is is he he this this girl he saves is like this this uh, reporter who was sleeping with the guy who got killed in the beginning of the book who was like the weatherman kind of thing is right. and he. So for because he doesn't really have webbing, but he, he symbiotes her up like against a wall. And his last, this is the last page, and this is where I'm just like, oh god. He goes, "Are you alive?" He's like, "You better. I need your help." And then the last thing of him talking is, "I want to be a great hero, and I need you to teach me how." And I'm like, oh god. Really, the reporter's going to teach him how? Yeah, I'm like, okay. why? I'm like, but I'm just like, oh god! Like, I'm sorry, but it's deviating way too far away. Like, I'm not, like, I'm so, like, I do have my three comic rule, um, and I'll and I will, like, I will will give us two more issues, but right now I'm just like, fuck you to this thing. But people are like, why are you gonna put yourself through it? Because it's like I said, I don't want to leave on number one. And then be like, oh, there's more story to be told. In three issues, you get the idea of like, right. okay, he wants to be a good guy. But who knows? Maybe by issue three, he'll realize I can't be a good guy. I got this is who I am. And the cover is amazing. The cover is him like holding like pretty like a tattered American flag. It's pretty awesome. The cover wow. art and everything. But and the, like I said, the art is great. Cover art is great. The writing is shit for this first issue. Like it's very contradictory and hypocritical of who the character actually is. And like I said, it's. It's if you want to see how this goes, at least for three issues, pick it up. But this is something you can pass up, though. This is, like I said, it's, it's not something you add to your poll. This is something, okay, I read the first issue, I'm going to give it two more issues. Or, you know what, I've skimmed through a few pages. Um, yeah, the part where he says, the first time he says he wants to be a hero, I'm kind of done with that. So, so it sounds like you're actually struggling to stick to your three-issue rule at this point. <sighs> I really am. I really, really am. Because it's like, part of me is because it's carnage, it's great art, but then it's like, but can I stick with the concept of him wanting to be a hero? Like, is that a deal breaker? And in most cases it is. But it's like, I don't want to be a hypocrite and say, you know what, I'm not going to give this thing three issues. You know, I'm going to wave through the shit, you know, kind of thing. I got so, it. I'm going to stick with it for two more issues and see where this goes. So, I mean, overall... You know, like I said, the art is phenomenal, but I and we'll get to this later in nerd news. But I think the fact that it's tied someone to the old X, I don't read. I'm not reading Axis, so I don't know what's going on. All I know is that Red Skull has like the mind of Charles Xavier. He killed Xavier and has his mind. Is like turning people against you know those good super super humans or whatever. Mm-hmm. And maybe you know Axis is like you know he turns out oh it's turning the world on its Axis. So maybe it's like. Maybe Carnage, because of what Red Skull is doing, wants to be a good guy. I don't know. But the whole thing, I'm like, when, you, when I saw I went to Fanscape and I talked to Bob about it. He's like, oh, it's a good comic. And, you know, it's like, like I can understand why Bob says it's a good comic because, like I said, the art's great. You know, it's Carnage and everything else. And But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm like, oh, he wants to be a hero? Like, and I understand some people look at that and be like, okay, cool. It's kind of like turning a new leaf, a new dimension to a character. But the fact of the matter is it's carnage. Like, yeah, see, that's the thing that gets me. It's certain characters. It's like, can you really make this guy a hero? I don't I don't see how you do that. I mean, it just to me, and I'm not reading it at all, but it's, it's, it just seems so forced. 
It does. And it's like, well, and people are like, well, well, car- well Venom teamed up with Spider-Man. Yeah, that was a stop fucking carnage. Like, right. Like, it was an, it was a matter of necessity. It wasn't a, a, a clearing of conscience at all. No. And, and Venom went bad after carnage was defeated. So, you know, as we, as we, you know, said, saw in the comics, Venom went back to just say, I want to kill Spider-Man. Like right. it was, it was it. It was like, Hey, I helped just one time, but I'm your fucking enemy. Right. You now know? that, I, now that we took care of that, let's take care of you kind of thing. Yeah. But like I said, you know, good art, you know, give it three issues um, just to see where it goes. But I mean, for our first issue, like I said, the part where he's like actually trying to like, I'll say this, the one glowing part of the story is like I said, when he's like going after the bad people and he's like killing them. Cause if it was like, I'll put it this way. If it's carnage, he says, I want to kill bad people. That's so that, to me. That's kind of fine. You know, if he has that guy where he's had, he doesn't have that, that morality that like, I want to end evil in a sense, but I don't want to do it humanely. Right. You know, by putting him in prison, that's one thing, but to do but to black, when he says, I don't want to kill people, I shouldn't kill people. That's like, okay. <laughs> then what are you, dude? Then what are you? You know? you're, you're not Cletus Cassie. You're just, you're, you're, you're douche Peter Parker from Spider-Man three. That's all you are. <laughs> oh God. But uh, Jay, enough about Carnage number one. James, what did you read this week? Uh, I actually did a number one as well, and I, this is one that I wanted to review basically because I've always liked the characters. I did Trinity of Sin number one, which is from DC. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Trinity of Sin is uh, Phantom Stranger, Pandora, and The Question. And they kind of had their own issue. Well, Phantom Stranger and uh, and uh, Pandora had their own single issues, which were, which got canceled. So like, okay, people still like these characters. Let's bring them together because they definitely work better when they're together. And it was written by J.M. Matisse, pencils by Yavel Geist. It's a German name, so we'll just go with that. Uh, James Gorder, which is, who's an American, did the inks and uh, colors by Gabe Etlub, and the cover was by Gilliam March and Tommy Mori, which was a very good cover, by the way, with the three of them on there. Now... Since they're kind of reintroducing this as a number one, they kind of give each character their own short reintroduction for anybody who might have not known who they were. Right. And uh, in each introduction, everybody kind of loses somebody that they care about, or there's a, there's a death there. The the only thing that sucked was for somebody like me who already knows the characters and already knows what's going on. You know, it's it's kind of like getting Spider Man's origin over and over and over again in the films, kind yeah. of thing. It's like I know these guys and what they're about. You know, move forward. Right now, granted, they only took a page or two to do it, but still, at, at the same time, it's like, all right, we need to get to the point here. We need to get to. I mean, there those were pages that I thought could have been uh, better used <laughs> elsewhere. Now, um, you know, they kind of. They they get brought together by basically they're all attacked by a different creature. Okay. And uh, long story short, Pandora ends up there's some enchantment that happens while she's facing the creature that she's facing, and it kind of brings all three of them to the same place. She basically sends them energy to help kill their uh, eliminate their creatures, and then they all end up on this beach with her, where hundreds of people have died in this massive like tidal wave. Right. So basically we're reminded that the question hates the Phantom Stranger and, and Pandora because basically the Trinity of Sin, they were judged for their sins. And the question feels like he didn't have sins and he was judged wrongfully and he blames Phantom Stranger and Pandora for kind of lumping them together. Right. Uh, but this is kind of all starting out where it's going to be centered around the Phantom Stranger because his friend Terrence 13 is actually killed by the creature 
Um, and he was supposed to look out for him. And this is a kind of going theme with the Phantom Stranger where, you know, the one he's supposed to look out for dies or something terrible happens uh, to them. So he kind of loses his shit a little bit. And Pandora says, you know, I'll come with you because there's at the beginning of the issue, there's this whole speech about being born in a world of glorious night and driven back by the light. It was very, you know, cheap Bane esque. It was kind of corny. Yeah. The way it started out. But basically, long story short, the, the villain is uh, is a is a character called Nimra, who is this dark, evil being. And it kind of looks like a Jurassic condor with teeth. <laughs> It's uh, with a, with a like a He-Man suit on. It's kind of weird, um, but I mean, I, I I get what they're trying to do. They they want to use their powers, the the powers of the Trinity of Sin, for their own evil purposes. They want to take their abilities and use them to drive the world forever into darkness, kind of thing. But it was kind of a huge slam on the brakes at the end, where the Phantom Stranger and Pandora kind of go, I guess, into space. It certainly looked like they were going into space. And they just sort of run into Nimra like they're all at the grocery store together and you all turn into the milk aisle and there you are kind of thing. Yeah. So it was weird how they just happened to – I mean there was this echoing of energy from from the from the evil being and that's how they found him. But still it was very much a, oh, hey, let's all meet by the bread and then we'll figure out where we're going to go from there kind of thing. So it was just very weird. Uh, I won't go too far into it. The art was definitely good, very well done, but the story was very jumpy, very discombobulated. So I'm just going to make a long story short here. If you like the characters already, go ahead and pick this up because you will, the, the love for your characters will still be there. And it kind of picks up where the the single issues left off. So it's not like it's a totally new thing. They're definitely picking up where the single issues left off. So it's not a reboot. If you're worried it's a reboot, it's not. Right. Um, but if you're not already a fan of the characters, the first issue just isn't strong enough to justify anymore. So if, so if you're not a fan of the characters, this is a drop. Don't pick it up. If you are, it's definitely worth getting an issue, maybe sticking with it, like you said, for three issues, do the three-issue rule, and, and see where it goes from here. I'm going to stick with it a little bit because, again, I like the characters. And I think that maybe... They're going to be able to do something with this, but I might not even give it three. If, if issue number two is bad, I did the same thing with Suicide Squad. Right. Uh, issue number two was just such a bad issue. I said, you know what? I'm not giving this three. Forget it. Right. Yeah. So, so there you have it, folks. It's like, I think this is the first week where you and I both had comics where we both were like, you know what? We're going to get maybe two to three issues, if that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, that's kind of funny how that worked out this week. Well, that's going to do it for what we're reading, folks. Next week, we'll have two new comics that we'll review, but as promised, we are finally getting to it. We're not bullshitting you this time. We're finally going to do it. Coming up next in This Week in Geektainment, we're going to be discussing the final trailer for The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. Stay tuned. This Week in Geektainment coming up next. More Down Nerdy coming up next. Stay tuned. Well, we're going to make like Stephen and Mel and get our giant bag of popcorn ready because we're finally <laughs> ready to sit down and talk about this week in Geektainment. And I got to tell you, Nick, I actually, I was sitting here, I was I was scanning the interwebs, trying to find something we could use to bump the Hunger Games from this week in Geektainment right before we started recording. But you know what? Damn it. It's finally going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. By the way, some of that popcorn that we have um, is probably stale because we've pushed it back like three different times. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's, been, <laughs> it's been, the bowl's been put back one too many 
many times. So <laughs> definitely need to make a fresh batch and get the junior mints ready. <laughs> exactly. But no, I mean, like when, I, when we like people don't know, like every week James and I put the rundown together, and when we do, we're like, okay, what do you want? What do we want to talk about? Da 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 da. And so we're like, this week entertainment. We're like, we're actually going to do the Hunger Games. Like this is actually going to be it. Because I'm like, again, as James even pointed out, it's like, okay, there's no premieres this week, no big movies coming out this week. Um, no, we can do Hunger Games this week. And then I, I had the joke. I posted on a Facebook page, facebook.com slash Down Nerdy. I'm like, and then on our Twitter, at Down Nerdy 757, I'm like, I took a snapshot of what I wrote. Because I'm, you know, because people don't know, like, I, I write the rundown, but James and I, we put it together. And I wrote, you know, Hunger Games. Finally, it's going to happen. No bullshit. Like, like we're fucking mm-hmm. doing it this time. Like, we're not joking. We're serious. Again. And it's like, yeah, it's finally happening. So, Katniss, you can finally, like, walk through those curtains and come sit on the couch because, you know, and talk to us because we're not going to leave you in the green room much longer, you know? It's like the, it's like the interview before the before the get the night before the games. We're finally going to sit down and get yeah. to know the mocking Jay a little bit better, a little bit better. So in this one, we see District Twelve, pretty much <laughs> the capital destroyed it. Yeah, it's been it's been obliterated at this point, and you know that's something that she, you know she sees that and that really lights a fire under her ass because after everything she's been through in the right. games twice now with PETA being captured by the president and, and now they're doing these propaganda films and stuff with PETA and, and everything like that. And she's, you know, she's understandably, it's, it's almost like mentally she's done. So she needs this rallying point. And I think that what we're seeing in this, and especially in this trailer and in the past trailers that we didn't talk about, um, she's struggling with whether or not she wants to continue with this, but then these things just keep rallying her on. And I think this trailer was the pinnacle of that. Well, exactly. Cause I mean, like I said, she goes back to the, like that winners, you know, town, you know, that winter, the town, like all the past winners go from her disc, you know, where they go after they right. win the games and that's kind of like emptied and destroyed. And she's just, you know, it, it it's just, it, it's a sad point. And then you mentioned PETA and it's like, you know, yeah, as he's being used in these propaganda films, you know, it's, alluded to that he's the weapon of the capital and just like Katniss is the weapon for the other districts and um, yeah and you look at that and you say to yourself you know is he really like on their side and you see that one trailer where you know and he's like you know they're going to kill you da, da, da. so it's like, okay he's he's kind of like you know their pawn but he's not really their pawn you know what I'm saying he's, right. he's kind of like he's, he's doing I think more to, to survive because as you said in the End of the of catching fire. We don't know if Peter makes it out alive or not, but right, now exactly. we know that, we, that he makes it out alive. And like I said, this is all just a, a full fledged war, like between the districts, you know, in the capital. And you know, and I got to tell you right now, man, President Snow, like, goddamn, you know, he is one of those guys who, are like, you know, he he. When he's on screen and that, it seems like okay, everything's cool, everything's good. You know, but he he mind fucks you. He really like, does. He really does because you know she she has that conversation with him through the the, the TV and they're and doing he, their own version of Skype there. Pretty much, and he's like, and she's like, I did this for my sister. I didn't mean, didn't want to go further with this. Da da da. And he goes, you know, and he and he goes, uh, well, it's the, you know, it's the ones that we love that that uh, you know pretty much make us weak you and, know, that, I, and that's the thing too you walk you see them when they're in that room and doing that and did you notice the rose that's sitting there some like did something go down with her sister and i want to preface this yeah. by saying that i purposely haven't read the books 
so I don't know what happens in the movies. Well, your wife's read the books, though, hasn't right. she? Right. When the movies are over, I'm going to go back and read the books and do it that way, because I don't want to spoil it now. I'm too deep in, so now I don't want to spoil it. So if you have right. read the books, but don't sit there and be like, oh, these guys are idiots. They, they should know what's happening already. No, we specifically did not. So we can make sure that we can, you know, review these like we don't know what happens. And then after it's over, I'm going to go back and read the book. Yeah. But I mean, overall, like this is just like I said, all, I mean, the Hunger Games, I'll say this right now, I'm of all like the, the teenage books that's been written. Like I'm glad that young adults novels have been written. I'm glad that this actually, this is one of, one of the, probably the first one I've ever really enjoyed, especially on film. Yeah. Cause it's you an know? interesting storyline. Yeah, they've been able to further just, it in so many well, different ways. Not, because it's not just a love story. There's a love story in there, but it's not the main focus. Whereas, like, with things like Twilight and everything else, it's the main focus is the love story. You know, I'll be honest. Like, I saw Divergent. Yeah. And I thought it was. I thought it was terrible. Yeah. I, I couldn't stand it. I'm like, this is this is one of the worst teeny type movies ever. I know people love. Did it, you but I'm see like, it because sucks. the wife wanted to see it? Yeah, and, and she was, and admittedly, she was a little lukewarm about it too. She read the first book and liked it. She liked Divergent. She did not like the next book. Right. And then she skimmed through the last book just to see how it all ended. And now she's probably not even going to see the second movie because she wasn't a fan of the first movie either. From what I, I don't know how much movie Divergent made, but I think I don't think it did that well. I'm not it, totally sure, but it did okay. It wasn't great. Yeah, but they did okay. It's a new Gangbusters, but I mean, didn't do no. Hunger Games money. That's for no, sure. God no. And I'm, but I'm just like, you know what though? I mean, like I said, it's it's well. And plus, you think about it this way, not to get political or anything like that. Um, but you know, you see a lot of things nowadays where you want know, the one percent and the ninety eight percent, where the ninety nine percent, and you know, upper class versus lower mid mid to lower class people people versus them, whatever. It's kind of relevant. You know oh yeah, don't kid it, yourself. It has, this is definitely it, mirroring what's going on now. It, and that's why I think draws a lot of people. Is that it, it's it's you know a way of when you see this revolution on the screen. I'm not saying people are going to do the same thing in real life as in the movie, but you know um, the thing is is that we, you know it's, it's a way for people for you to escape in a sense. Like I mean that's why we go to the movies to escape. But you know with stuff like this that's going on now with our economy, and you see something like that in the Hunger Games, and you're like. Okay, I can connect. And that's the thing too. It offers people, I think, a better way to connect with, right. with with others. Whereas when you see something like Twilight, you know, I can't connect to Edward because I don't sparkle, and you know, <laughs> I I just can't get into that. And I like and being out during the day. I like being out during the day, and I like meat. I don't like ve- being a veggie person, you know. Um, but I mean, veggie or thing, beer, be as me, whatever you want to do. But that's not me. But I'm just like you know, I, I just can't do that. But with Katniss, it's like no, listen. I grew up in you know middle class family. You know, Grant she grew up in a poor family. But I'm like you know, but still, I was like you know, there were times, man, you know, where my I see my parents have to do jobs. They had to bust their ass and stuff like that. And it was kind of you know, as a kid, you're like, there's got to be an end to this some way, man. You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, you know, it, but I it and you see the Hunger Games, you're like. I can connect with Katniss, you know. I, I you can connect I can with Katniss. You can you can connect with Gail. You can connect with Peta too. I mean, there's yeah. so many characters that you can relate to because you know Katniss is the is the is the warrior of the group. She's the one. She's the leader. And then Gabe is kind of like the guy that rallies the troops. And then and Peta's Peta's the guy that can never really catch a break and you know wants to get the girl and can. I mean, there's so many different ways to relate to these different characters. 
And Hamich is the quarter, the all-state quarterback who didn't do anything with his life and has a drinking problem and goes to the bar every night. Exactly. So there's just so much that you can draw from here. It's just, yeah. And, but I mean, as far as action goes, I think this is going to be definitely going to kick up the notch in the action. Like when they, when they show Katniss shooting the arrows and taking down one of those big ships oh, yeah. from the Capitol. I mean, that's just an epic scene. And my wife even says, if you think this one's going to be great, the last one, the part two mocking Jay, she said is going to be even more intense and even better than that. So, cause she already knows what happens. Obviously she's read the books, but right. even in reading the book, she so wants to watch this movie and see how they bring it to life. That's how good oh, it's just this like, is going to be. It's just like when you, if you read Tolkien or you read JK Rowling's Harry Potter series, I mean, it, it's, it, it is, it's one of those things where it's like you have this world. You just want to see how it looks when it comes to oh, life, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Outside of your own mind. And it's, it's one of those things where like, I'm definitely going to see it. We're both going to see it. We're both going to review the movie. It's kind of funny how the movie comes out in like a couple of weeks and we're just getting to doing yeah. the final trailer. Yeah. So <laughs> we're kind of making up for past times, you know, we're pushing it back. And again, to Kenneth Everdeen, we are very, very sorry. Yes, we are. We are very, very sorry. We, we, we promise we will not do this when Mockingjay Part 2 comes out. We'll get to the trailer right away. And, and we promise you that we will <laughs> not make the same mistake again. But I think overall, like you said, very excited. There you go. Very excited to uh, to see the Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. As, as someone who admittedly went in hesitantly to the first movie, thinking it was going to be something that, like you said, it was going to be like a Twilight-esque, very teenagers type of story, and I got hooked. I saw the first like one twice. Else. I think I saw the first one twice, too. We actually did the... Um, uh, when when I pre-ordered the Blu-ray, quick side story, we pre-ordered the Blu-ray through um, Amazon. Right. And one of the things they did was they automatically put a copy of the movie in your Amazon Instant account at midnight. So my wife and I actually stayed up when it hit midnight hit and we popped it on so we could watch it at midnight on the release day. Kind of like being at GameStop (laughs) for that that big game release of Call of Duty. Uh, We were sitting there at midnight watching the Hunger Games before it actually got, uh, got shipped to the house. So... Right. Um, yeah, it's 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 one of those franchises that I I'm one of those people that thinks that eventually they're going to go back and do a prequel. You think? I think that they'll eventually go back and do a prequel. Like, like what how, happened? Like yeah, what really like happened war. to District 13? How did this all go down? And what was Haymitch's backstory? Kind or, of thing. And I President think, Snow too, because that's a to me, I want to know more about President Snow. I don't know about you, yeah. but like you said, he mind fucks you and he's such a devious character. It's he's one of those dangerous people that can put on a face in public, but behind the scenes he's Mr. Burns kind of thing, you know? Uh, yeah. And my thing is like like you mentioned, I want to if they're gonna do a prequel, I think it'll be about how the games first came to be. That would be like, cool too. Because in the beginning, the first one we see like there's a big war and you know the districts went against the capital and that's what caused the war. Because outside of the, and to end the war, we we came with this thing where you know called the Hunger Games. So it'd be amazing to see like how this whole thing started, you know, and and just how it came to be. I think that would be amazing to see. I don't know if they're if it's one of those things that'll be written first by Suzanne Collins or not, but. Right. Uh, either way, I think that that's something that I mean, these because these movies are too successful, and you know what happens in Hollywood when something's successful, they've got to make more. So, but this is one of those times where I'm like, let's do more. Yeah, let's right. let's do more because there's another <laughs> there's another story to be told here, and let's tell it. 
Right, exactly. But that's going to do it for our little inside take on the geek-tainment world. So next week, we have, again, we have a new show, new trailer, whatever to talk about. But coming up next is when we go around the internet and look at the top nerd stories of the week. It's right. Nerd news is coming up next. Stay tuned. We're down nerdy coming up next. Well, it's that time, boys and girls, nerd, nerd, that's alike, where we go around the interwebs and uh, well, we find out what's going on in what, James? Nerd news. And the reason why we're whispering is because the baby's asleep and we don't want to wake him up. Yeah, we don't want him to start crying. What, by the way, was that creepy? Did that sound creepy, the whole nerd news thing? I, mean, I think it did. Do we need to get a van now and drive around the neighborhood? <laughs> get a van with, free, with spray paint free comics on the side of the van. <laughs> in, in sad red paint that kind of is dripping <laughs> down the sides. <laughs> yes. Yeah, let's, let's try not to do that again. That just seemed a little <laughs> no. creepy. Well, if but, you understand, if you understand, what we've been doing the baby was just crying. So like, we're doing this through Skype, but the baby was just crying. So it's like we're trying not to wake him up. Right. So you, you do what you need to do in these situations. Now he was awake for a while and enjoying the show and smiling and laughing. But hey, if you've got babies, you know when they when it's time to eat or it's time to get the diaper changed, it's 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 a loud experience. Okay, so our first story, James, and I'm gonna let you kind of. I think you might need to. I don't know if you need to rant on this or whatever. You didn't make it clear, but. Uh, yeah, it's been confirmed. It's been confirmed that well, Heimdall and Loki are going to be in the Age of Ultron. Right. They they so, actually that was confirmed by uh, Idris Elba, if I'm yes. not mistaken. He yeah, was doing an interview he, and and but, actually confirmed like, that they were in it. He was doing an interview with the Guardian, um, and he said, "Quote: I'm doing a scene with Chris Hemsworth, who plays Thor, and Tom Hiddleston, and they're like, aren't you meant to be in Ibiza? Like you, you know, kind of thing, and." He, and so it's one of those things where it's like, I know you had to think of like, well, why is it? And not to make it totally Marvel versus DC every week, but it's like, you say, well, why is DC getting flack for putting all these characters in and they're putting in Loki and Heimdall in this one? And to, I was saying the same thing you said in DC's stance, which is we don't know the extent of which they're going to be a part of the universe. It could be right. a stinger. They could be whatever. We don't know. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we don't know. Um, and I think my thing is too is that because the Avengers already has a set universe of like okay we you know we're not throwing everybody in like everybody the people they're putting in are people who already we know about and have the backstories through movies whereas with like Batman or Superman they're just throwing people in it kind of thing so I think that's kind of where people are are, are seeing See, difference but but I I can't agree with that completely I get what you're saying about um about how we don't know and I think I, I that's the part I definitely agree with but. We don't know until it comes out if they're throwing characters into Batman versus Superman. People are just assuming that, and that frustrates me. But when Marvel does the same exact thing, we do the exact opposite assumption of, oh, we know these guys, it's furthering the story kind of thing, so it's okay. No, again, we don't know until we see the movie if they're going to be thrown in or not. I mean... And, and but I can, think I it's fact, say, can I just I say? Think it's, I, think, I just think it's the fact that DC and Warner Brothers are throwing all these these characters into this one movie. You know, like I said, we don't understand the the, the effect of how long they're going to be in the movie for. But the fact is that they're still doing it when they still have, you know, like like Wonder Woman movie. They want to put that possibly in the nineteen twenties. Maybe so, that's a rumor. Maybe we're still way out on that. But still, if they're going to go with that, I mean, the turtles were supposed to be aliens too. True. 
then that didn't happen. But so then this it happened with people were bitching. That's why that didn't happen. Though. This is all conjecture about the Wonder Woman movie at this point. So we don't know for sure. It's just it's just frustrating for me because I mean, for all we know, uh, Jason Momoa gets credit in uh, Batman versus Superman because they show a five second clip of Aquaman getting out of the water. I mean, right. you still have to credit the guy just like uh, uh, Matt Damon was technically in born legacy because they showed his picture. Right. I mean, for all we know, we see a picture of the flash in uh, Batman. Can I say Superman. this though? And I'm, and I know a lot more people are probably pissed, but I'm kind of tired of seeing Loki. I was like, going to say, I was just going to say that. I'm like, like I'm, I'm Loki'd out. Man. I love Tom Hiddleston and I think his Loki is fantastic, but Loki doesn't need to be in everything. You know, it's, it's like if they were to start throwing Groot in every Marvel movie, just cause everybody loves Groot. Right. I mean, just because you love a character doesn't mean he needs to be in everything. Now I, I get that, you know, there could, maybe there's an infinity stone and Loki staff. Maybe there isn't. And that's going to tie into everything. Well, they pretty much said, I believe it is. The yeah, infinity, I, infinity stone. I, it's, I, like the, it's the mind gem. It is. I just don't want to jump the gun because people jump the gun too much. So right. we can go on that assumption. I just didn't want to jump the gun. I, I realized that too, but I mean, it's enough is enough. You don't need to put him in absolutely everything now. And I, I, I understand him being in Ragnarok. I get that. Let's do that because that makes total sense. Right. But does he, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. Do these two characters really need to be in this movie? Not really, because, like, if it was Infinity Wars, then definitely. Oh, yeah. Because it's it's on the galactic page, but it's like, again, yeah, it's it's like it's an Ultron thing. Like, do they really need, I mean, I said, we don't know the extent of how they're going to be in it, how long they're going to be in it, or whatever. But still, it's like... Uh, but, but ultimately yeah. doesn't ultimately doesn't Loki's presence in this movie, however short, kind of take the focus off of Ultron, who's going to be such a fantastic villain. I'm not saying Loki's going to steal the show in two minutes. I'm not an idiot, but I mean the fact that Loki's in the movie, it's going to be one of those things where people are going to focus on that, and not necessarily how great Ultron was. I think that's a danger that you're going to have there doing this. Right. So. I, I, again, I, I, we don't know how we don't know, but you know if they're gonna be in the movie, hey, it's it's cool, but it's like right. And I, I don't want people to say I don't want people to think that I care because I, yeah. I like these characters and and I don't mind it. All I'm saying is is that I think the double standards need to stop, right? Because in both cases, we don't know for sure what's going on. So can't we just relax? and just wait to see what happens before we fly off the handle with DC. Just because DC hasn't, in some people's opinions, made a good movie yet in their universe doesn't mean that they won't and doesn't mean that they won't take all of these characters that may or may not have certain amounts of roles in this film and make it work. Just because they haven't attempted it yet doesn't mean they won't make it work. And just because Marvel has done it so well in the past doesn't mean they will make it work either. Right. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, I mean, but like I said, we'll see. But what is likely happening, you know, James, well, we were big fans of the X-Men show in the 90s. 
literally probably one of the best openings to account to any like anything pretty much. Definitely. It was so so great. But Marvel released their latest teaser image, uh, offering the positive return of the early '90s era X-Men team, which is anchored by Wolverine, Cyclops, Storm, Jubilee, Beast, Jean Grey, and just lots of other small you know pouches of X-Men here and there as right. well. And uh, in, so I, I, here's the thing. Um, I'm excited about this. Like, we don't know really if it's going to be the comic book form or if it's going to be yeah, an anime show. They didn't make that clear, which I thought was kind of interesting. But, I mean, I kind of, if and I don't know how you feel about this, I kind of hope it's a comic. And only the only reason I say this is because I, I don't think this is one of those instances where you want to go back and try and recreate the magic that you had in the 90s. I don't think you can make a 90s era cartoon now. I think the fact that it's called X-Men 92, I think it's going to be a comic series because you have Batman 66. Right, and that's what I was just going to say. Think about this. They're, we're doing this now where we're getting Mortal Kombat comics and we're getting we're getting Injustice. We're getting Batman 66. Marvel, hey, finally woke up and said, why are we not doing this with yeah. one of our most popular properties? I mean, think about it. X-Men number one was published in 1991. Right. Still has the record for the highest selling comic, almost four hundred million I mean four million units sold. So and the animated series was hugely successful. We still love it to this day. Yeah. Why wouldn't you try and bring some of that magic back? Exactly. And I would definitely be picking this up because I love the X Men ninety two T V show. Like my only regret is not being able to finish it when it was on Netflix because Netflix yeah. got had it and then they took it off, which I I'm like Literally, like the other night, I wanted to watch it. Like, oh, let's see, I can continue. I search X Men, whatever. And like, it's not there. Yeah, that kind <laughs> of like, bit. I'm like, no, damn it. I wanted to watch it, but no. Like, the thing was, is that, it, it, like I said, I had Wolverine, Cyclops, Gambit, Rogue, Storm, Professor X, Jean Grey, Jubilee. Jubilee yeah, even. that's the one that you did. You're not really seeing a whole lot of, if at all, now. So, I mean, if you love that character, it's going to be great to have that character come back to life. And I got to tell you, I've been waiting for an X-Men comic to add to my pull because I mean, there's so many and, and I don't feel like I can jump in on one of them. Now. I mean, I, I picked up amazing X-Men number one and did like it, but didn't end up sticking with and it. it. And here's the thing I want to say right now. It's coming out summer fit 2015. Listen, I understand they just killed off Wolverine. But you gotta understand though, this is not the continuation of the Wolverine. No, this is not a, no. the same Wolverine from, the other runs and everything else. This is just, this, this is, is going to different... be, yeah, this is going to be a different story entirely. This is yeah. going to be solely based off of the series. And they're going to take the themes from the animated series and put them in a comic book, just like they've been doing with Batman 66. And they've done it very successfully. I might add uh, with DC from what I've seen so far. So bottom line is I'm going to be adding this to my poll. If Bob will let me pre pre-order this now, yeah, I think I'm going to because I'm I'm just I'm very excited about about this series and I've like I said I've been waiting for an X Men you know, book. Well, you, you know it's going to sell out too. Oh yeah, you know and, it's going to sell out. And I've been waiting for an X Men book to add to my poll, and here's a chance for me to jump in on something I know I already love. Now, before we move on, I wanted to ask you, what do you think is the chance that Jim Lee and the team are going to be brought back by Marvel somehow to be able to work on this? Because you know Jim Lee has been. You know, kind of working with DC. Did they not get Jim Lee and try to get some of the other team that worked on it? What do you think? Oh God, um, I think I I think with today's day and age, 
where we're seeing guys like our friend Colin Bunn and everybody else and Riley Brown going from like Marvel to DC and working with each other and everything else like that and multiple different publishers. I don't see why they couldn't get Jim Lee to come back. I don't see why they can't. You I know, know that Jim Lee's kind of got an upper level position in DC, so that might make it. Very, yeah. I mean, if it wasn't Marvel, then I could see maybe it happening. But I don't know to get to actually get Jim Lee. I don't know. I think that's going to be a tough. That's going to be a tough get. Yeah. I, who knows? Maybe we'll get there. Maybe the whole knowing our buddy Colin Bunn and his schedule, maybe they'll get him to write it, which yeah. I'm all for. You never know. I mean, I th- I think as long as uh, it doesn't matter to me that they get exactly the same artist, exactly the same writers. I think that there's enough fans like us. Uh, that are that are writing and drawing comics now of the of this series that we're gonna get. I'm really really hoping we get we get a true and honest adaptation in the comics of this animated series. By the way, quick question before we move on to our next uh, story: Would you rather have just by looking at this picture, Cyclops's visor or Jubilee's glasses? Because I tell you, man, those pink oh, glasses gosh. Jubilee's got are kind of badass looking. I gotta be honest. I, I think, and, and gosh, X-Men fans are kind of probably going to kill me for this, but I'm thinking Jubilee's glasses, they just look cooler to me for yeah. some reason. <laughs> I don't know. And, and maybe, it, maybe it's the Back to the Future fan in me, you know, like Doc's glasses from Back to the Future oh, yeah, 2. You, you, have, like, you have like the very thick glass kind of thing, you know? May, maybe it's that. I don't know. But I think that just looking at the picture of what, what we think will be the cover of the number one issue, um, yeah. I, I, I got to go with that. I got to go with that. I, I got to go with that, too. But our next story, and it's kind of, uh, people were wondering, wait, let's do, you know, our, what we're reading this week. And I talked about Carnage, how it's tied to Axis, and how we're going to get into something different, you know, it's tied to something bigger. Well, DC, now stick with me here, DC announced their 2015 event series, which is called Convergence, James. So now, my question to you is, when you see something like this with Convergence, where it's going to be, you know, one of these big things kind of thing, you know, it's going to be this big kind of multiverse, whatever thing. Right. And it, 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 it's going to be a 42 part mini series with all different artists and writers exploring the lives of pretty much various heroes and villains from the DC multiverse. And here's the thing um, when you look at this and you look at stuff like Axis, do you think that by t- making these big multiverses and and have them tie in with their other properties, is that hurting them? Well, I mean, I think as, as somebody who was reading Superman Doomed, which is kind of where this was teased uh, there at the end when it's revealed Brainiac was the was the puppet behind, was the uh, guy pulling the strings behind the whole thing. And basically he's going to be bottling all these different cities just like he did with Kandor, and then he's going to dump them into one place, and that's the whole convergence. So that's kind of where they're going to go with it. Now, to answer your question... I think it's a yes and a no kind of thing because I think that in some cases it doesn't because it might make you jump onto a character that you otherwise wouldn't if you're getting a tie-in. It might make you interested in a lower level character, maybe say a um, like a Firestorm or something like that, or or for Marvel maybe like a Punisher. Right. Or something like that. Now, all due respect, I love those characters, but they're lower level compared to the big ones. Now. On the flip side, what you're saying is absolutely right. And I think that this has damaged a lot of main character storylines is when you've got tie-ins that are deviating from what they were doing in the main arcs of, like, say, Amazing Spider-Man. You're deviating from that to tie it into Original Sin and making it weird. It's like doing... 
Well, I just say, but like when you look at like okay, like Deadpool for example, the, the original sin arc with Deadpool was him being a father. It was it was that Deadpool has a child. And I'm like, well, how is that really an original sin? Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not like especially when the cover, when the first cover of the original sin time for Deadpool was. Um, the Wilson family portrait and had like blood and X's over the parents' heads. Yeah, I, so. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, if you're gonna make it a one shot, that's different. Like when DC was doing Future's End and they had yeah. the single issues. I had, uh, I had the Sinestro one shot that they did. Yeah, they did single issues for each character saying how the store, the Future's End storyline was affecting them, but they were one shots. That's different, but when you're tying it into an existing run, like uh, when Spider-Man, uh, when Amazing Spider-Man was tied into Original Sin, it wasn't Amazing Spider-Man Original Sin one shot. It was Amazing Spider-Man number number five, number six, or whatever the numbers were. Yeah, it, it broke away from the main arc, maybe not completely, but enough to you notice the difference. It's like, wait a minute, suddenly this doesn't make sense now. And then what's funny is when the main arc is over, it goes back like. Nine times out of ten, it'll go back like it never happened. And I'm like, wait a minute, I can't just ignore what happened three or four issues ago. Why? How do you expect me to do that? Right. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, like I mentioned with Carnage number one, like it's tied to the Axis thing. And it's like, you know, part of me wonders, like, if Carnage, if this wasn't tied to Axis, would Carnage be the same Carnage we would, you know, know him as? You know, right. this and number you, one and you mentioned is... This, yeah, and you mentioned this during the break, and you mentioned this during the break, James. We were when we were off air. You and you brought up a good point, which I uh, which I bring up now is, if you're going to do this, and make it to where like Carnage is be a good guy, you have to do what they did with Venom and then be somebody else and re re release the character, make it somebody different. You can't have it be Cleo's Cassidy be suddenly a good guy because he's a fucking psychopath. I mean. Go back to Carnage's Deadpool. You know, that's not the same Cleus Cassidy we get in this one. So, um, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, if you're going to do something drastic like this because you want to do a tie-in or maybe part of this multiverse event, you know, you got to, like, do something maybe to reinvent the characters or right. be kind of like, or, or maybe, like, or redo a number, its own number one or be like, hey, this is no way tied to the current storyline, this is a totally different Superman, right. a totally different Batman, whomever, whatever is going on, you know? You you can one-shot things when you do major arcs. I don't see what the big deal with that is. Just like they do annuals all the time, it seems like now. it's Annuals aren't even annuals anymore. Annuals are just an excuse for them to deviate from a storyline and make it a one-shot, it seems like. So why not but do in reality, a one-shot? In reality, really, I mean, for me, I don't know about a lot of people, but I don't buy annuals anymore. I don't buy annuals. I don't you know, buy tie-ins anymore because I've read enough to where I'm like, they're not that good. It's just like, it's kind of like to me, annuals and tie-ins. Um, like, for example, like Death of Wolverine is, you know, happens and all these different, like, like Wolverine's yep. past and here's like all these other X-Men. You know, it's kind of like that. Like, members of Wolverine comic. Yeah, uh, I'm dropping, you know? I'm dropping so, those tie-ins because it's, so it's, it's not it's, it's just like, it's kind of like, okay, this is just the story arcs that were on the cutting room floor for the, that didn't make it to Death of Wolverine or these other tie-ins and you're right. just, Put them together into a book. It's like here you go. Here's you know two dollars, two or three dollars of story. I that will we say try to make money off of. I will say that sometimes it does work. Like there was an there was a run that was going on during Forever Evil for DC. It was a six part series called Arkham War, where basically it was a group that Scarecrow puts together from Arkham that was going to war with a faction that Bane put together from Blackgate for control of the Arkham Asylum in Gotham. That 
was a cool run, I thought. All these villains trying to go against each other, and it was Scarecrow's team versus Bane's team, and how that kind of gelled together, and it was brutal, and I thought it was great. So sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle and it works, but like when I was reading Infinity, a lot of those side arcs where they had, uh, there was one called The Hunt, there was another one called Heist, that just, at the end of the day, just weren't that good. So I don't understand why you can't just have a main arc that sits by itself, and if you need to do one-shots to tie into the story to tell a little bit more, or just give me more pages. Right. Give me more pages in the in the, in the the parts of these issues. You don't have to give me tie-ins. Just give me more pages. Just like, you know, when Arrow cuts away to the island, or when they cut away now to, to Tokyo, where Oliver's with Amanda Waller. Give me, give me a cutaway. Don't give me a separate issue that I don't necessarily need. You could charge me more for the book. Just give me more pages. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, again, when you had this time, you want to do it fine, but you got to realize, like, hey, you know, sometimes for this big event, you're sacrificing what you have great with these smaller things going on, these other arcs going on. And I think Marvel's more guilty of that than DC has been. Now, DC's had some stinker tie-ins, too, but Marvel's definitely guilty of kind of deviating from main storylines to do tie-ins for their, for their arcs, and I think that's actually... What ruined the uh, what ruined the standalone Avengers series for me? Okay, so our final story, James. How you like arcade? You like arcade games? Oh, I loved going to the arcade. Loved I love them. I love arcades. I used to love. Well, not really around anymore, but I remember the days, man, when they used to be the thing. And um, so, you know, you had all these emulators out and everything like that. People download and whatever else. And yep. like, you know, I, they gotta get their arcade fix. They want to just have that that time. Where you know things like eight bit, sixteen bit, you know games or whatever. Well, now you can have all of those with just a short keystroke away. The Internet Arcade debuted on Saturday with over nine hundred classic arcade games you can play. Oh, it was so great too! I actually went to the website. I want to read this out loud for anybody that doesn't have it. It's archive.org slash details slash internet arcade is where it all is. And I got to tell you, I went there just to look at some of the games. I'm not going to lie. I went right to Frogger. started <laughs> playing Frogger because it took me back. I'm a big 8-bit fan anyway. Uh, not just, I mean, people do 8-bit art now with modern characters. I'm a huge fan of... I'm a huge fan of 8-bit art. So when I saw these games come back, it's just a way to, and we we talked about this in past episodes, it's a way to, to go back to the days where you're at Pizza Hut and you're waiting for the pie to get ready. So you jumped yeah. on and you started playing Centipede. Well, Centipede's in this. And it's a great way to revisit <laughs> the arcade if, kind of style now. If you're at work and you're bored out of your mind, hey, here's something you can do. You yeah, know? and I mean, th- think about it. Dave & Buster's is the closest thing and pretty much the only thing we have left to a classic arcade, and they do they do a great job, and I love the fact that they have older games too. Yeah, to, for us nostalgia guys to jump on there and play every now. That and Gal- then. that dude, I say every time I go there, I gotta play my Galaga Pac-Man combo. You know, it's funny, and it's for me, it's it's regular, not Super Mario Brothers, the regular Mario Brothers game. Yes, where they had the, the two pipes, you had the power. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I I don't know why I always I always gravitate back towards that for some reason, but I just think that this is. This is a very cool way to, to bring these games back. And the emulators aren't bad, actually. Yeah, I mean, it really is a great way to not only get us, you know, to relive our childhoods again, but to get our, you know, you have a son, you know, 
you know, I'm he sure likes... you've heard him at some point during the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's and, proof I do have a son. And, uh, you know, they, hey, he's a, you know, when he gets older, we're going to have this website for you to show him and be like, hey, here's the games I enjoy when I was, you know, growing up and all that. And it's, it's a little way to bond. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like it brings back to the days when my, my dad used to go to the arcades and it was just fun. You know what I'm saying? It was really, really fun. Um but no, like the fact is over 900 games. You don't have to search out games anymore. You know that now the things I do say Firefox is a recommended browser for best results. Right. Um, and my only wish is that, and I know they're probably out there, but it's just I haven't found any. Is that what makes these even better is I can find like a controller, like with a USB port. Yeah, and they do have those. And as a matter of fact, there was I was when I was playing with this last night. They said no. It said no gamepad detected. So it, this emulator clearly can pick up a gamepad that you would have through USB. So that is an option with this Internet Arcade. So keep that in mind. If you have a gamepad already, you might actually be able to use it with this emulator because it's not the same with the keyboard. I know that it's it's more difficult. It's it's a lot easier when you've got your gamepad that you unless you're a PC gamer. If you're a PC gamer anyway. This will be no sweat for you. You'll you'll have no problem playing these. But uh, you can. It looks like you will be able to use a gamepad at least for some of these. Maybe not all of them, but some of these games. Yeah, and you know Jason Scott, who's one of the creators behind the project, said you know obviously quote he said quote obviously a lot of people are going to migrate to games they recognize and ones that they may not have played in years. He goes they'll do a few rounds, probably get their asses kicked, smile, and go back to their news sites. And that's what it's going to be. It's going to be like, okay, I'm going to play Street Fighter and get my ass kicked. And then, you know what? I'm going to go back. You know, because this thing is like we live in an era of nostalgia. We're always nostalgic. We want, you know, things, you know, we might not want, you know, we always say, oh, I want to go back to the 90s. I want to go back to the 70s or whatever. But it's like, really, though? Do you really want to go back? Because, like, the technology we didn't have back then, like, you didn't have smart, like, could you honestly be somebody who knows that smartphones exist now and go back? 20 years ago no. to where they didn't and you be like, okay, I'm, you know, I, I, Facebook, you know, Facebook doesn't exist. You know, I want to meet somebody. Okay. You call them like, yep. you know, could you do that? I doubt it. I really do. I doubt it too. And, and like you said, it's, it's a good bonding experience for, for people with kids. And, and, and I'm looking forward to being able to do that with my son. But I know that's only going to last but so long because eventually he's going to realize, wait a minute, these games are stupid compared to the stuff that I could play now because things are so much more technologically advanced. I mean, it's like you're playing uh, your own feature films now in, in most of these games. So I can understand why you would look at something like Hubert and go, that's stupid. Why Hubert would I do is, that? Hey, you know? Hubert is not stupid, okay? I, I is, agree. I totally is, agree. He is an orange virtual American, okay? That's right. That that that's who he is. You don't you don't belittle Cubert, goddammit. No, Cubert is awesome, but I'm just saying kids of today would probably look at Cubert and go, Well, that's dumb. And the best part of this, there's no cartridges you have to blow on. That's you can right. Play these and not be like you can play the Legend of Zelda if you wanted to, probably. Or whatever. Can you imagine playing like an arcade game? And and like an old arcade game, and you get to the final boss level, and then like something happens, like it just dies or something, or somebody kicks the plug out, and you're like, God mm. damn it! And you know what else my... is great? It's not one of those times where you know, you know, I know I put my quarter in, but the machine's not getting it, so now I have to put another quarter in, but now I just got screwed out of my quarter, so I got to get the fat guy with a thousand keys to get me to give my quarter back yeah. because I want that quarter because I need to keep playing as much as possible, and I only have. 
a, a small amount of quarters to spare. So, you, but the the cool thing about this was, and I didn't and it, I didn't realize this until I was a little bit further into it. You actually have to push a button on some of these emulators to to put a coin in oh, before wow. you can start playing. So it's as realistic as you can get, where you actually have to add coins before you can even start playing. I thought that was awesome. That's pretty. That's actually really really cool. So you should have that full feel. But I gotta tell you this though, it's kind of a little bit of a tangent, but. You, know, you mentioned the the fat guy with a thousand arcade game keys. Um, f- even now, I've always wanted one of those those waste dispensers for like the quarters that people. There's little tabs on to shoot quarters out that people used to give. You know, back in the olden days, my old days would be like 1980s. You know, they would just walk around with the with those those belts on. And like, I need a dollar and quarters. Okay, and boom, 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 boom. And okay. it's expensive. I want one of those. I'm gonna it. make you really jealous right now. You have one of those. If you have one of those, you son of a bitch, I'm when, gonna use it. When I was younger, and I'm talking like in middle school age, when we when we were uh, living off of uh, Lynnhaven Park in Virginia Beach, right? My my family had a a mobile catering business. Okay. So and it was one of those big you know trucks with the silver backs where you yep. put the food and all that stuff. Well, the neighborhood kids found out that we would sell like soda and candy and stuff like that. So they'd come knock on the door and want to buy stuff. So that was my job. I would go out and sell stuff to the neighborhood kids. And what do we have attached to the truck? <laughs> One of those change dispensers. So every time they gave me money, I would give the change, you know, click, 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 get the quarters out, hand it to them, off you go kind of thing. So I... Got to experience the joys of being able to use one of those coin dispensers when I was younger. We had good childhoods growing yes, up. Yes, we did. <laughs> we really did. But that's going to do it for this week in Nerd News. Come next is our main topic. And this week we're going to talk about what would the world be like if superhumans and mutants walked among us? Stay tuned. More down there. You come up next. Well, we live in a glorious time with all kinds of superhero TV shows and movies and merchandise, but now it's time to get down to the real deal and find out what would it be like if superheroes and mutants live among us. Now, Nick, I know that the initial reaction when you start thinking about stuff like this is, you know, that'd be really cool, but now we really need to actually sit down and think about what would this really be like? Well, people would say it'd be cool because they're like, well, there may be a chance where I can get some sort of powers, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you get struck by a lightning bolt or, uh, you know, whatever like that, you know, your parents get shot in an alleyway and you have lots of money or, you know, you... I'm not uh, sure that's a good trade-off. That's not... (laughs) (laughs) You know, you can be your own Batman or, you know, or you can... There's like a special school for mutants. I mean... With the good comes the bad, and the good being, like I said, you have the Charles Xavier's, you have this, you know the 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 good heroes, and you have those those special schools and everything. And but with that comes the bad because you have the Thanoses, you have the World Destroyers, you have the Galactuses. You know, it's not just on a on a a local st- you know threats of the city level. It, you know, if you live where there are mutants and just terrors like like that among us it, it's worldly you know it, it's, it's universally like uh, there's universal threats so i mean you know can you imagine like we live in virginia beach can you imagine like they destroy the neptune statue at the ocean front and they rebuild it and it happens again they rebuild and they happen again like just like fuck this i'm just i'm not doing it anymore yeah and then you're talking about taxpayer dollars and stuff and the real, oh, yeah. and the real world and that that would suck but think about this 
I know that there could be some people that say, well, you know, if you don't live in the big city, it's not so bad because, you know, the big city is usually where everything's at. Well, I'm sorry, but first, Smallville, Kansas, first of all. Second of all, <laughs> it seems like every time there's a freaking invasion, it starts in the boonies and works its way to the city. And then the other thing you need to think about was, wasn't the Xavier School like in the woods in upstate New York or something? Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, near, like, Lake Erie. Yeah, so it's not like this is all, you know, it's not like LexCorp and Wayne Enterprises all the time. I mean, this stuff does happen in the, in the country as well, so there's really no safe place that you'd be away from any of this stuff. Well, the thing is, too, you just got to think about it this way. Okay, so say, for instance, there are many humans among us, right? We watch The Flash every week, but we're not somebody who has powers. So how the hell would you go about defending yourself when you have a gun? But, you know, what if there's somebody like the mist who can just turn the, turn it into gas, you know, and your bullets don't work. You know, you're, you're fucked. I, mean, I know. The, odds are you're thing. not carrying a giant fan with you everywhere you go. Yeah. So I don't think that's really going to work. And like you said, you've got a gun, but big deal. What if somebody like multiplex, comes up you try you don't know which one to shoot somebody just start capping off on all of them and i don't know yeah, bullets well i mean and this isn't hollywood so you know a nine millimeter gun you know with nine bullets or 12 bullets right. in it you know it doesn't have the tv magic of wait this only has nine bullets in the cartridge but somehow we're able to shoot off 24 rounds you exactly know? yeah we actually run out of bullets here in the real world <laughs> yes and, and I no mean, cheat codes. and think about it. What would that lead to? Would we need to like the, the cops would be need to be, you know, like super armed that have to be all these different weapons and stuff. You'd have to do more advanced training, the military as well. You'd have to have probably a larger military, wouldn't you think? Oh, well, that, but you also got to think too, though, the job force would be impacted. You know, you got these superheroes taking away our jobs and everything else. And I mean, you know, we both work in, in radio, but it's like, you imagine like if there was a Clark Kent of radio who came by and he, he took that job that we wanted and it turns out like, oh, why is he not here and be able to do his show? And it's like, oh, because he's saving the world. And it's like, well, still, he shouldn't have, we, we should have that time slot. You know, yeah, maybe, that. That There'd bitch, be some fights. That bitch Lois Lane doing her own podcast and competing with what we're doing, and yeah, you know, it just would not be cool at all. But I mean, we're we're kind of we're kind of dragging it here. We're kind of you know kind of knocking it down a few pegs. But there are some advantages. The first thing I can think of that pops into my head is I think that petty crime would almost go away. Right. Because, you know, if you had, like, if Spider-Man was, was really existed, or Batman, or even Superman, these guys are actually patrolling the streets. You know, like Batman, kind of like Batman Incorporated, where it's not just Batman, you've got Robin, you've got Nightwing, you've got Batwing, you've got Batwoman, Batgirl. I mean, they're constantly patrolling the streets, so I think petty crime, you know, like, th you know, like ATM thefts, small-time yeah. crime, stuff like that, I think that would pretty much go by the wayside just by fear alone. But then you have, okay, you see the petty crimes, but then you have the criminals be like, you know what, we got to get in these bigger families, we got to do this. So you, they, you would get bigger, you know, you get like mob-style families after a while. But, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the smaller stuff would be gone. I mean, you know, uh, God forbid we have carnage swinging through the city saying, I want to be a good guy. And then you're like, no, <laughs> you deserve a fucking straitjacket, you asshole. <laughs> That's, like, that's another thing we'd have to, there'd be a lot more money that had to be spent in mental health. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but no, it's like, you know, I mean, but Hey, I would love to go grab some chimichangas with Deadpool, man. That That's a dream right there. You know? I mean, that, that's kind of the, 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 the fanboy in all of us. How would you not want to be walking down the streets of your city and all of a sudden 
the Batmobile drives by and you oh, know yeah. Batman's in there. You or, know? or or Batman says, hey, James Witham, I'm going to pay you a million dollars to wash the Batmobile for me, but you have to do it in these short shorts and tank top and you'd be all over that shit. I'm sorry. The second that Alfred kicked the bucket, I'd be at Wayne Manor being like, I, I got a job. I want a job. I want a job. <laughs> I don't care what the hell I'd have to do. I would sit in that Batcave and yeah, I'd be Alfred. Why not? Yeah. Or you'd be, well, knowing you're more tech savvy, you'd probably be more of an Oracle figure. Ah, uh, yes. I'll take that. I'll take the whole Oracle thing. You know, I'll be able to stand upright, unlike Barbara Gordon. But... <laughs> well, uh, well, I mean, you know, you wouldn't have the job unless she goes full-on quadriplegic. Yeah, that that's a good point. Because And she's pretty smart, too, let's face it. But yeah. here's the other thing I was thinking. So if, if they really did exist, and again, like, it would be cool to see the Batmobile, it would be cool to see Superman streaking through the sky. But at the same time, if you were just out walking in the street and you saw one of them on their way to something, wouldn't you be like, I'm going home. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. You see them, you fucking run. You, you know, it's like, you know, yeah. You see like Superman, you see green lantern or whomever, or, you know, Christ. You, if you see somebody like, um, I don't know, Mr. Mixoplex, where the fuck his name is, you know, you, you'd be like, Oh, I'm running the other way. Like, bye. You know, that's the thing. It's like, you don't know. Like, like that just increases danger. Like, we always, like, right now we're beating the shit out of it, but it's like, it's just true, though. It's like, we've read the comics. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we, you know, you meet at a cafe and all of a sudden, you know, senior comes up and just blows you away with a shotgun for no apparent reason. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it, 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 it it's just, uh, you never know. I mean, for Christ's sakes, you, like, if this happened, Dracula would exist, the monsters would exist. So, can you imagine, like, you know, going back to Deadpool, like him and his wife, and they're like this, they're fighting this whole vampire thing. You're caught in the middle. You're know, like you're in a club one night, and all of a sudden it turns into that first scene from the first Blade movie where there's just blood coming down from the sprinklers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, dude. I, I'm, no. What no. about the first scene for one of the first scenes from the Nightwing series that we've been watching on YouTube, where you know, oh, you're, yeah. you're at a fancy cocktail reception, it's a fundraiser, and Deathstroke walks in and just starts shooting people. Yep. It's like, really? Is that the really the life that you want to live? I mean, would that just, would there be more of a fear factor if this were the case? And I think there'd be a huge fear we'd, factor. It, it, we'd be living in an X-Men type universe where the humans, like, who aren't mutants would be against them, you know, the, they'd be against mutants and, and humans would and, and, and it would just, it would be like that all over again. Pretty much, like I said, it would be you know, like that. If you really think about it, you know, going back to our Comics and Society episode, you know, we talked about how that represented segregation. It would be like segregation, you know, in the year 2014, but with mutants and people who have powers because it's like, yeah, they're good, but what's to say that this person won't turn, you know? Like, right. what's to say Jean Grey, who's this amazing, smart woman, won't turn into the Phoenix and destroy humankind? You know, it's it, it's 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 a bunch of hypotheticals, but it's a bunch of we just don't know because, right. like I said, there's a potential – to, you know, even though the Star Wars prequels suck, to quote Qui-Gon Jinn, there's always a bigger fish. There's always a bigger threat. It's funny because I feel like we're such a forgiving and accepting society in, in, in certain aspects sometimes that for part of me wonders that, especially with the mutants, if we wouldn't eventually just say, you know what, mutants are people too, and just let them integrate themselves into our society and... Would letting metahumans and mutants being integrated into into society fully keep them from becoming 
super villains because now they're just accepted into society because a lot of these a lot of these the guys bop, pop up because they look at look at Magneto is a perfect example. He wasn't accepted, so there he went off. He's like, you know what? Fuck humans. Let's just kill them all. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you know, and like I said, there are, there are positives, but when you really when when you read comics though, like there's a lot more negatives. And I'm sorry, that's just how it goes. Like you can read any comic series that has to deal with superheroes and supervillains, and nine times out of ten. Shit always goes down. Oh, yeah. and it's always a bad situation. So I mean, yeah, you can look and see the good with the bad, but you know, the the bad outweighs the good. You know, it's you know that's that's pretty much what it is. You know what's ironic is, I I I think we've talked about this before on the show about the Amazing Spider-Man comic right now, and one of the funny things is one of my problems with that comic right now yeah. is that things have gone too well for Peter Parker. What right. does that say about me? So I, we we need as readers that chaos. But, you know, finally, Peter Parker, it's it's kind of a normal life for him. And it's like, this comic sucks. Where's all the problems? Where's all the anarchy? So when they give us, you know, hey, you can lead a normal life too. We're like, no, screw that. He should be fighting for his life every friggin' day. Yeah, that is, yeah, that, then you come off as an asshole. Like, you know, that Peter Parker, he's too happy all the time. We got to fuck up his life somehow. You know, his uncle was shot and he doesn't know who his parents are. You know, and his life's all better now. Who the fuck does he think he is? You're yeah, an sc- asshole. Screw that guy. You shouldn't have a normal life. You're a superhero. Go. No, get- I'm saying you're an asshole. Oh, yes, I am an asshole. Well, we knew that already. I mean, anybody that's gotten 35 episodes in has probably figured that out for themselves already. Yeah, I'm just deep digging those episodes. That's right. Well, you know, you can you can marathon them all on our SoundCloud page, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, we're trying to look at the positives and look at the negatives, so let's do this. Okay. We'll take, we'll take a cut. We'll just discuss what heroes... You know, whether they have powers or not, which okay. ones would you want to have and you think would be most beneficial in our real world, quote unquote? Okay. Um, I'd go with Charles Xavier. You have to go with Xavier because he, he sees the good in a lot of people, you know, both humans and mutants alike. And he teaches the mutants, he'll teach the people who have the powers, you know, here's how you can control them and everything else. Um, so yeah, like Xavier would be my, one of my choices. I think when you look at, I don't want to really say Superman, but I think when you look at Green Lantern, I would say, because you have that, okay, there's these guardians of the universe, you know, guardians of the galaxy, for example, and like they're, they're defending the galaxy. So there's some safety outside of our planet. You know, we have Xavier who kind of teaches people how to behave on the inside of the world. And then you have the people outside, like the Guardians and, and the right. Green Lantern Corps, who could take care of stuff, you know, they're galactic, pretty much. I would say uh, one of the first ones that would pop into my head is Green Arrow, only because I think that he has the drive to actually want to make the world a better place. Here's a question, though. Could Green Arrow beat Batman? No. Okay. No. <laughs> if you haven't listened to a Tidewater Comic Con episode, do that. That's why that's funny. So go <laughs> back and do that after you listen to this show. Uh, the other one I, I was thinking of, and, and maybe call me crazy, but I think that Iron Man, Tony Stark, would be another good one because I just think that the advancements that he could give us, 
in society to, to you know, technological advancements might yes. be able to make the world a better place. We have the advances of technology. Remember, he is a weapons dealer, though, and a lot of things fall into the wrong hands, and they have the Stark name on it. And remember, if you read Iron Man versus Hulk, he's the reason why the Hulk exists. You know, he, he messed with the gamma bomb and because he, he was in a drunken stupor. That's true. And yeah, you if, know, we, if we just send him to AA, it'd be a lot better off. But he's Tony Stark. Like he doesn't give a shit. Let's give him the steps. And let's and and, and and he's created Ultron outside of the comic realm. Like part he's of me, the reason for Ultron. Part of me would have wanted to say Bruce Banner because of all because he's a scientific genius. But then then you've got the Hulk, and part of me would want but to the say. Thing was, but the part, thing was, oh, go ahead. Part of me would want to say Batman, but I'm like, you know what? There's so many problems that's cropped up from Batman, and he he created Brother Eye. So then again, it's the same argument for Tony Stark. Then he created Brother Eye, which caused all all a host of problems. That's the whole reason the whole Forever Evil thing is happening. And you, and you mentioned you know Stark and his technology. Stark is a very egotistical person. So I think when you look at like when he makes machines and stuff like that, or he makes his Iron Man suits, my guess is he doesn't put a fail safe in them because he thinks I'm Tony Stark. I can't make anything that you that's know, a good point. Destroy that's anything. Point. So he wouldn't put a fail safe in them. And you know, leading to Age of Ultron, that's what the parents are saying how Ultron comes about because he's part of a suit and Tony Stark doesn't put a fail safe in it, and hence why Ultron happens. Here's one to think about: What about Martian Manhunter? See, I don't know a lot about Martian Manhunter, so I can't really say. I mean, he's got the... He can basically... You know, he's a kind of a mind reader. He's a telepath. He's... The only thing that the only thing that would suck about that is he is a little bit of... A, he's kind of a shapeshifter, too. So he could assume pretty much any identity that he wanted. So that, w- that would give me pause, but he's very calm. Unless- you take... You're at, the, you're at the club. You take this hot girl home. You end up, you know, going at it. You find out afterwards the next morning that's Martian Manhunter. Yeah, pretty much. That would yeah. yeah that would be that, that would, would ruin be my weekend. I mean, if he ever wanted to, you know, go that route, I'm not sure that he would. But you, you never know. You he never know. Another planet. But I mean, he seems all he always seems calm unless he knows that somebody's not doing the right thing. If the, you know, if, if they're the evils coming out of them, I guess the best way I could put it. That's when he starts to get really pissed off and serious. But I mean, he's got good powers. He see he doesn't seem to have really caused many, if any, problems. So he might be a good one, but then again, you'd have to accept a Martian in our society too. So I'm not sure that that would fly. Well, yeah, I mean, now if I wanted to put Batman on something, I put him at like you know head of some sort of uh, task force, like secret task force, only because of Justice League Doom. Where hey, if these guys do get out of hand, right. I know how to defeat every single one of them. Right, and that's the that's the good thing, and that's what why I almost wanted to say Bruce Wayne slash Batman because he's just so smart, and his problem solving skills alone, if put to the proper use, would be just astronomically beneficial. But then you've got all the other problems, and he, you know, I love Batman more than probably most people, but he's got a little bit of an arrogance to him too. Yeah, if you think about it. I mean, he thinks that it's you know it's my way or, or no way. But my hey, way imagine on this way though. Even though they're not really super powered people, imagine people from like the Tick. They would be walking among the streets. That would be interesting. That would be very interesting. Could you imagine if there was a real life Suicide Squad? Oh my God! Think about that. Take all these evil people that are in jail now. Yeah, yeah. Put them together 
in a suicide squad and let them go out and do like black ops missions and stuff. But if they stray over the line, boom, kind of thing. That I think I think that would probably if people knew about Suicide Squad, yeah, I think that crime would probably go down a little bit. <laughs> you but know, is, is that something that would be kind of like kept hush hush for really big stuff? And you try to keep you can't keep anything quiet anymore. Social media, right? You know, everybody's got a phone well, what'd you, what'd on plus, them. Well, plus you know, someone somebody says you know, once a man walks says, "Hey, you're in the Suicide Squad now." You know, somebody's gonna be like, quick on Facebook like. Hey, I just joined a Suicide Squad, you know, in order to get like likes on their page because they're so addicted. Yeah. Or it's like, hey, on Twitter, you know, at you know Captain Boomerang, I'm part of the Suicide Squad now, and he gets like a thousand retweets only because <laughs> he's Captain Boomerang. Harley Quinn gets five point eight million because she's Harley Quinn. That's right. It, you know, it's it's like it, it you know, it, it, that's the thing. It'd be like, hey, you know, and then you log into Facebook, they like, got a Black Ops mission to, like Hungary or something like that, mm-hmm. and it's like heart like uh. Uh, Deadshot in Hungary. It's like <laughs> Deadshot oh. has checked in. in Hungary. Yeah, he's checked. He's checked in <laughs> at the Plaza Hotel in, in Hungary. You know, it's like, oh, I know where he's going. You know, or, or you know, it, it, it would be uh, it'd be kind of hectic in the social media world. I actually would... think that secret identities would get blown much easier in our real world than they ever would be in the comic book world. Oh yeah. Because of that very reason, again, it's it's social media and people. Everybody's got a phone. You can't tell me that somebody, some regular drunken idiot, wouldn't find at least the entrance to the Batcave somehow. The way things are in our in in our day and age, you find everything, everything out now. So I just feel like secret these superheroes would constantly be under siege, and maybe even the villains too, because you would know. Who they are, and then right. nobody will be able to keep a secret anymore. Right. I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like secret identities. They just be like people just out each other. People be dicks. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, Firestorm gets kicked out of the Justice League, and he's like, "Screw this! I'm just gonna out everybody on Twitter." And then yep. you know, you could delete the tweet, but it's you, somebody's gonna see it before somebody's you. Somebody's gonna screenshot it. it. You know. So then there, then then there goes that, and then that starts an even bigger problem, and. Especially since I just don't know if, if if society could ever really be accepting and trust Plus, you know, a hero if or a villain. If you're somebody like Magneto or something like that and you're working at McDonald's, it's the only job you can get. You know, and, and you got that one guy that says, I didn't want pickles, and he's, and he's just yelling at you. You know how hard it's going to be? You're going to take all that change donation from around McDonald's house in front of the cash register and not impale the person with them? Yeah, that would be a little bit difficult. I mean, think about that. Yeah, what if they actually had like, still have to have like, jobs. Like, like, like the scariest thing in the world isn't Thanos or Galactus. It's Bruce Banner working customer support. That's that's what it is. That would be that would be very scary. And and think about it. I mean, you've got Bruce Wayne would have to offer all his employees in Obamacare. I mean, yeah. that's, that's just scary. How would he deal with that? I just don't know. Um, would Penguin actually become mayor in our real world? I wouldn't think so. No. Even with the corruption, can't see how that would happen. So it's just a lot of things. that, And we know that these stories aren't based in reality. So we're not just sitting up here kind of blowing holes on all the plot lines or anything. But we're having a very real discussion as to whether or not you know, what it would be like if these superheroes and villains were actually among us. But here's another question. Okay. I'm not advocating this. I'm just thinking out loud. How is it that we have never seen a low-level supervillain type 
criminal in our real world. That's, that's actually kind of interesting. Because think about it. Tell me that the Riddler couldn't easily exist in real life. Right. I mean, <sighs> I mean, all of like serial killers and stuff like that. But like, yeah, that is kind of true. You know, like, I mean, we've had the Unabomber and I mean, Charles Manson, we've had some pretty bad people, but you wouldn't consider them super villain. I think serial killer and super villain are totally different. Right. So, I mean, how is it possible that nobody like, like, um, Hugo Strange or the Riddler or something like well, that haven't I think, actually existed? Well, I think Hugo Strange did exist. He was called Jack Kevorkian. Um, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I guess you could make that connection. <laughs> you know, uh. I, that's why I think, like, seriously, when you think about certain supervillains and, like, how you can compare them to, like, people who, in today's society, yeah, you know, like, the Mandarin, Osama Bin Laden, like, them, like, you know, um, or if you want to go the, 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 uh, Asian route, you know, Genghis Khan, you know what I'm yeah. saying, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, or actually if Ray Shal Ghoul, you know, you know, something like him would be, be existing kind of thing, yeah. you know, and it's, it's, I think supervillains in comic books have existed just in different bodies. Like, they've done, you know, certain things. Like, there's certain qualities, you know, um, for example, like Summer of Sam. Uh, he could be kind of like the, 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 was it, the calendar killer from Batman? All right, yeah. I, I or the holiday see, killer? I could see what you're saying. I mean, then there was a Zodiac. Zodiac, that's Also, because that could be like, what, like maybe Victor Zaz kind of yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess in a way, but it's just I'm not. So, I'm not talking about like they need to wear costumes and everything no, like that. No, but, but but if you had to compare people in real life, like people who've done horrible things in real life, to supervillains, this is where you would get you know your comparisons from. And and I mean, how much? I mean, and how much would you want a superhero a la Batman, Green Arrow, stuff like Captain that, Captain America, to actually stop? these guys i mean right. is that is that the trade-off i mean if you could trade okay you'll you could stop serial killers if superheroes existed is that i mean a trade-off i mean red skull exists I mean, if you look at john boehner lately that guy looks like if he goes to tame booth <laughs> one more time he'll look like fucking red skull <laughs> yeah you never know it's it's hot in washington yeah but no i think that you know it's a good point you know it's like if you have these good guys now you know, you have these other people from society or whatever who are good, and you can kind of see that. I mean, but the thing is, is, you know, I look at this, I'm like, okay, what if they existed? You know what that means, James? What? Planeteers would exist. Oh, no. We can't have that then. Never mind. <laughs> Discussion over. It's done. Nope, well, no planeteers. Can't well, have that. Well, on that level... That's going to conclude it for this week's edition of Down and Nerdy. Don't forget to go on Facebook.com slash Down and Nerdy. Like us on there. Uh, as James said, SoundCloud.com. Search Down and Nerdy as well. A lot of our people are going to our older uh, episodes. Our, our uh, Guilty Pleasures has over 100 listens now. It's pretty incredible, actually. Yeah, um, that's been, that, that was one of our better ones, too, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, Facebook, like I said, Facebook.com, Down Nerdy. We're on Twitter. I'm at Merck with one arm, James. I'm at James Ace with him. That's W-I-T-H-A-M. Don't forget, we're at Down and Nerdy 757. Like Nick mentioned, Facebook.com slash Down and Nerdy as well. Maybe someday we'll start posting YouTube videos again. Until then, you can just, you know, find us on YouTube. We've got a few things on there 
already. And, you know, send us your fan questions down and nerdy podcast at gmail.com. And we want to hear what you think about this, this discussion that we're having. Do, would you want superheroes and villains in our society? And how, what do you think the world would be like if they did exist in our society? Exactly. But as always, I leave you people with practice safe comic book reading, always bag and board your comics.